and welcome to Dark Pages from the Old Attic, the ghost story podcast with stories that will haunt you for the rest of your life. <clears throat> I'm Clara, and this is my acquaintance. Hi, I'm Ella. I always loved old wacky films, so I thought, why not send an application for film school here in Aarhus? Spoiler, I got in, and now I'm making this great project with my classmate. Okay, I guess we're doing introductions now. Uh, well, I am also studying film and media science here at Aarhus University with this acquaintance. Originally, I wanted to study psychology. The people and the mind has always fascinated me. But due to some quite steep requirements, that was not to be. So instead, I went with my second preference here at the media school, where I hope to illuminate the human condition through film and other media, like this podcast. Cool, cool. Um, so we have this assignment of making five episodes of a podcast. And luckily my aunt died. Luckily? Yeah, you know, because she has this attic full of ghost stories. I think she collected them or something. And now we get to use them for the podcast. And also her house. Yes, so Ella's aunt, or technically grand-aunt Agnes, died about a year ago, leaving her house and possessions to Ella's parents, who are now renting them to her. Yeah, my folks, they live in London and I needed a place while studying. So they were cool with me crashing here in this possible haunted house. Haunted? Okay, uh, and Agnes had a whole attic full of ghost stories. This is in fact where we are recording right now. Surrounded by them, stacks and boxes of them, and there's even a suitcase just full of pages. Too many to count. Yeah, I tried. You did not. Uh, anyway, she was known to be a little... Cuckoo in the family, always traveling for her work at the UN. But the few times I met her, she always had a new horror story to tell. Quite a lone wolf, but I liked her. She was cool, you know. Alright, so I think it's time to get into our first story. Do you want to introduce it? Yes. For some reason, Agnes didn't name the stories, so we have given them a fitting title. You have. And our first spooky story is called... Dance on the Ice. The human mind is a fascinating thing. In science, we spend all our time trying to define the world to our latest and best understanding. And all this ultimately takes place in our minds before it reaches the paper. But then... The same mind is capable of fantastic disorientations of reality. It's a great liar. And sometimes we simply can't tell what's the truth ourselves. If our minds decide something is real, we believe it, even though we know better. This should be frightening for a scientist, but frankly, it fascinates me. And I think I can trace most of this fascination back to the story I'm about to tell you. Of course, it's not the sole reason I went into medical academia, but it certainly pushed me in that direction. It's an event I think of most days, and it still inspires me with its contradictory mix of tactility and impossibility. So, it was a rough winter that year. Not so much for the cold and snow, I like that, but rather because the relationship I was in at the time was thundering hard. We've been together for about a year, Started out strong, but then, recently, it just began steadily slide down the slope of misery. 
It barely lasted past Christmas, which became a pretty sad affair because of it. And then she broke up. Apparently, she had met someone else. It wasn't my fault. All that good shit. It wasn't really helping me. And I had seen it coming, but that didn't help either. I let her talk while the snow fell outside, though it didn't really matter. I could tell she had no intentions of staying in touch. This was for her own conscience. Suddenly, I felt I'd rather be outside in the crisp air, so I left with the most brisk goodbye I ever made. Out in the snow, I decided to take a detour home through the forest, if only to postpone having to face my family and deliver the news. It turned out to be a surprisingly nice walk. It was very quiet among the trees, with the snow dampening all sounds around me, leaving pretty much only the crunch of my footsteps. I didn't meet a soul until I came to one of the lakes. A side trail branched off down to an area at the frozen shore where a bench stood covered with snow. Next to it was a woman with fashionable bleached white hair looking out over the flat expanse before her, and I halted to look at her for a moment. I could have been projecting, but there was something melancholic about the way she was all alone in the gloom. Before I could move on, she cocked her head slightly, as if she had heard something, and then turned around to look at me. I nearly jumped, and my heart leapt with panic. For a moment, I thought she was my ex, and the implication of her coming all the way out here raced through my mind before I noticed that, although she had a strikingly similar face to my ex, it was of course not her. That would have been crazy. The woman smiled kindly at me, despite the fact I probably looked quite shocked, and I think I managed to smile back. I hurried on down the trail, too embarrassed to say a word. When I got home, I managed to fend off most of the questions and retreated to my room with my husky Apollon. It was soothing to have someone utterly loyal with me that evening, though he did act a bit strange. Every now and then he would look out my window, but there was never anything but darkness and a distant streetlight out there. Despite the strange run with the white-haired woman, the walk through the woods had been so refreshing that I ended up repeating it over the next few days. Maybe it was the fresh air that drew me to those snowy trails, or perhaps the fact that out there no one could see me mope. Several days later I came by the same lake, and though I couldn't help glance around for the woman, I saw no one nearby. I did see something else that drew me down to the icy shore. Footprints coming down the way I had come, but instead of stopping here, they continued out on the ice. I squinted to see where they laid off to. We had had freezing temperatures for a while now, but there were still signs up warning people against skating. So I guess the ice wasn't thick enough yet. Whoever had gone out there hadn't come back this way, but I couldn't see any holes in the ice out there. It was probably safe if you knew what you were doing, but I couldn't help thinking of the old story of the woman who had gone through the ice and drowned way back when I was like two years old. My parents had used the story to warn me and my siblings off from going out on the ice, and maybe it was their concern that was rubbing off on me. I shrugged and went back to the trail and continued my walk. In the days that followed, I kept thinking about the woman. 
I wasn't sure how old she was. Older than me, but not much. And when I thought back on her, she seemed quite cool. Wait, no, don't write that down. That's a terrible pun. I, I guess I just liked her style. Or maybe I was just looking for, for a way to move on from my ex. At any rate, if I'm honest, I think I went on to those walks because I hoped to run into her. And as the chance would have it, on my final walk, I did. Due to school, I got started a bit late, and it was getting dark. Twilight had set in probably among the trees, the trunks appearing almost entirely black next to the snow. I got to the place where I had seen the woman standing by the lake for the first time. But once again, she was nowhere to be seen. I chide myself for feeling disappointed. The idea of running into her again by chance was so slim. Why would she be here? I was about to turn and walk back when I noticed something move on the ice. My eyes widened as I realized it was a person, and then my heart leapt when that person spun around, letting her long white hair flow around her. She appeared to be dancing in the middle of the lake, surrounded by the powdery snow. Instantly, I called out to her to warn her against being so far out on the ice. Out on the ice, the woman halted her moves and looked in at me at the frozen shore. Then, to my relief, she started running towards me. About halfway across the ice, she slipped out of her coat with an elegant move and revealed a beautiful dress of white and silver. She looked like something out of a fairy tale. It would have been incredible cold as well, but it didn't seem to bother her. And though I was still concerned for her safety, I couldn't help but stare in wonder, rooted to the spot. When she got to the edge of the ice, she made a few flowing dance moves, as if to mark the risk she took, ending with her hand stretching out invitingly towards me. She didn't say a word, but her smile was so kind it felt like my hesitation melted away. This is really not safe, I said as I looked down on the ice in front of me. She blinked slowly at me as if she understood my concern, but wanted to reassure me. I wished she would speak, but maybe whatever connection we had would be dispelled if words were put to it. When I looked up again, she caught her head slightly to the side and I couldn't help smiling. It was clear she really wanted me on that ice and I couldn't help but feel inclined and oblige her. Before I knew it, I had taken the first step out on the ice it felt solid under my feet, though slick with the powdery snow on top. I felt like a penguin as I made my way out to her, but she didn't seem to care. As I got closer, she made some simple motions, stepping sideways, then flowing back in a playful manner. I tried to mimic her and found it wasn't as difficult as I thought. She repeated the dance a few times, moving as though driven by inaudible music and not just accompanied by the cry crunches of our feet in the snow. As soon as I felt comfortable with the moves she taught me, she changed it up, elaborating and extending the dance, moving more freely about her, her feet, swishing through the snow. I tried following, and as I watched and learned, I realized I felt something I'd never really felt before. I felt elegant. I sensed my arms and feet move, and I didn't feel awkward at all but free and poised. I found myself giggling stupidly 
And the woman smiled at me, as she spun and twirled further onto the lake, where the space allowed her to move wider and more boldly. Doing my best to keep up, I began following her footsteps, stepping into them on my way across the ice, while making what was probably a terrible imitation of her dance. But it didn't matter. It was fun and uplifting. At some point, I noticed the footprints I was following were made with bare feet, and I thought it must be extremely cold for her, but she didn't seem to notice or care. I don't know how long we danced on the ice. Could have been minutes or an hour. I was so absorbed I had lost all sense of time. Out here on the white surface of the lake, I had found momentary bliss. At the back of my head, I knew it was strange and that this whole dance would probably turn into a curious memory as soon as I stepped back on the frozen shore. Never to be repeated. But what did it matter? This was the present, and the future would come soon enough. In front of me, the woman made a sudden display of pirouettes and sweeping strides, as if she was ice skating on her bare feet. It all ended with an elegant leap and slide to a stop. I watched wide-eyed and then moved myself. It would never be as pretty as her performance, but I was determined to impress her. If nothing else, at least my wholehearted attempt. I don't know how well I did. It felt elegant, but I had never danced probably before, so I imagine it was mostly in my head. But when I came to a halt, the woman clapped maniacally, and I felt a warmth swell up through my body and warm my cheeks. Then she moved again and leapt high into the air, and I immediately followed her. I thought she was giggling as well, but it might have been my imagination. I soared into the air towards the dark sky above, and for a heartbeat I hung weightlessly and carefree above the white surface. Then gravity reclaimed me, and I descended, toes reaching down to get the first grip of the ice, and it broke beneath me. And in a blink of an eye, the bright white world turned to blackness and a cold so intense I didn't feel it at first. My eyes were bombarded with the crash of the water and the rush of the bubbles and I jerked as the first spike of panic went through my brain. I could see nothing and already my limbs were going numb. I kicked my feet but wasn't sure if I went up or further down. There was a white shape in front of me and I thought it might be the woman having suffered the same fate as I. But everything was dark and blurry and I wasn't sure. I think she came towards me, somehow unobstructed by her flowing dress. But it was so hard to see. With the bubbles and all, what would have been her face seemed like her eyes were dark. Dark pits, like in a skull. It was like I was suspended in space, with the black water all around me and the cold rubbing me of any physical sensation. And that's all I remember. And... It would have been the last thing I would ever have experienced had it not been for pure stroke of luck. When I woke up, I was in a hospital and after recovering somewhat, I was told the rest of the story. Some passerby had seen me out on the ice and tried to call out to me, but I hadn't responded. He had had the presence of mind to call an ambulance even before I went through the ice. Unfortunately, being a lifeguard, 
he had managed to pull me out to a great risk to himself. And that's how I'm here today. I asked about the woman if she was safe, but everyone seemed puzzled. According to the guy who saved me, there had been no other on the lake besides me. The human mind is a strange place. And I think that's all I got for you. Alrighty, that was the spooky story. Clara, you chose the story. Why out of all of the more spooky stories did you choose this one? Okay, so first of all, we are here to tell ghost stories and not just spooky stories. And this one had a ghost in it, so it counts as a ghost story. And secondly, and maybe more primarily, it feels real. Obviously, the ghost isn't real, but the experiences... The fact that your mind can trick you into seeing the impossible is more scary, in my opinion, than uh, maybe the more made-up stories that you seem to prefer. As the narrator says, the human mind is a strange place, a scary place. If it feels real to you in the moment, then it can affect you, like any other real physical experience. Okay, so you like mind stuff. That's your jam. Got it. What did you think of it? It was good. But room for improvement. It sure was a nice build-up, but the payoff wasn't ambitious enough. Imagine this. She falls down into the icy water, and there she finds the ghost has transformed. She now sees her true form. It's no longer a lady, but a skeleton octopus monster lurking beneath in the darkness of the water. A deep dweller of the ancient lakes, only spoken of in forgotten Swedish folklore. She looks down, just as Tentacle emerges from the darkness, grabbing and pulling her down. But unlike with her relationship, she will not be dragged down. Out, she pulls her trusty knife and cuts herself free. As she swims toward the surface, with the last bit of air she has left, she now realizes what she must do with her life. Payoff and character development. Bam! Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you should definitely make movies. Uh, but that's just one problem. What? I don't think an octopus has a skeleton. It's a monster. It can have whatever it wants. A deep dweller from ancient Swedish folklore can have a skeleton, you know. Alright, fair. Well, it's your turn to pick the story next time, so maybe we'll see some more classic horror? For sure. I'll dig up a spooky story with a great build-up and payoff and a much scarier monster. Alright, then we hope you've enjoyed the first episode of Dark Pages from the Old Attic. We'll be back in two weeks with the next story. So until then, take care. Yes, have a spooky week and look out for lake dwellers. Today's episode of Dark Pages from the Old Attic was written and voiced by Zoe and Vicky Survive. We release a new episode every other Friday and you can head over to our Instagram at Dark Pages Podcast for updates teasers and illustrations for each episode. If you wish to support us, give us a rating and review on the platform you're listening to the podcast. And don't let your friends miss out on the spooky times. You can contact us on Instagram or by email at darkpagespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you in the next episode.